The sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintigard.com. Our sermon text for today is from 1 Peter 5, verses 6 through 11. There Peter writes, Young men, in the same way be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is God's word. As they sat there in a circle, their therapist asked them, when you're anxious, how does it feel? One young woman whispered, I have a faster heart rate. A young man said, I I feel like I can't stop the panic in me. Others chimed in one by one. They said, I sweat uncontrollably. It's hard to breathe normally. I can't sleep. Another said, time moves fast, but life crawls on by. That's what a woman named Jan Hoffman reported about her visit to a therapy clinic at Central Florida University. She went there in an attempt to try and and gain an understanding of a prevalent and quickly growing phenomenon in America today. The health crisis of anxiety. I'm going to give you a couple of statistics that I don't think are going to be a surprise for anybody in this room. Uh, Some of the statistics that are coming out today are like this says that anxiety has now surpassed depression as the number one diagnosed mental health condition in America today. It's risen to the point that it's passed. It's above one in five people that are currently seeking treatment for anxiety. And to put that into a little bit of perspective, that's over 50 million people. 
50 million people in America today are seeking help for their anxiety. An increasingly large number, one in three people, have felt a downward turn in their fight against anxiety, especially since the beginning of the pandemic. I'm not trying to be a fear monger here this morning. And I know that I run a couple risks when I cite dry statistics like this. I know that I run the risk of minimizing the issue to numbers, and I know that I run the risk of impersonalizing the issue of anxiety because anxiety is never impersonal. It's always deeply yours. You are never dealing with somebody else's anxiety. It's your anxiety. That's what Peter said. It's yours. That's what anxiety is. Anxiety is your list. It can be a mile long. It's your list of all the things that you're keeping track of that might go wrong. Anxiety is your gut feeling that that even though your life might be going perfectly right now, it's your gut feeling that things could go drastically wrong in the blink of an eye. And obviously anxiety is much more than a gut feeling and, and and it's much more of a list that you're worried about. Anxiety can be bunched up and local inside your body. It can make you... It can make your body tense and it can also be outside of you and it can be general and ever-present in you. Anxiety even comes on on a clinical level where, where anxiety appropriately needs to be dealt with medicinally. When we live in a broken world such as this, And when we own a broken human state, which we do, whether it is bidden or unbidden, whether you have strong faith or whether you have weak faith or whether you have no faith at all, anxiety comes for us. All of us. And because anxiety comes for all of us, Peter comes for all of anxiety. He says, cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now there is so much spectacular beauty in this particular verse, but before we get to that verse, I want to give you a little bit of context because the context of this verse is going to help you understand your world and your anxiety a little bit better. What Peter says in the verse directly before is he says this. He says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Peter puts those two things together because he, he knows that there's a connection between the two, between humility and anxiety, being under God's hand, feeling like you're under God's hand and anxiety. 
I think every single one of you can recognize this, that, that there are times in life where you feel like you're, you're being crushed under God's hand, right? There are life events that happen that make you feel like you just got hit by a Mack truck. Sometimes a big bill comes due. Sometimes you get really bad news from the doctor. Sometimes someone in a relationship that you hold dear cuts you to the heart. Sometimes you feel like you're at the mercy of your own mental health. And when this happens, God's mighty hand can feel heavy or angry or worse it might even feel like it's not there at all and what follows those kinds of thoughts is always anxiety always there was a time in my life I remember this really clearly. There, there was a time in my life where, where I was feeling like God's hand was heavy on me for a number of different reasons. And I was feeling weak under that weight. And then, and then during that time, we got some really good news. We got the good news that my wife was expecting our first little child, our, our first boy, Theo. Except what happened throughout that pregnancy is joy didn't grow in me, anxiety did. As the pregnancy went on, I became more and more aware of all of the ways that my wife could get hurt, all of the ways that my child could get hurt. And so what I did is I took responsibility for the moment. I owned it. And I'm not talking about taking responsibility, taking, taking my, my role as husband seriously. I'm talking about a very unhealthy taking responsibility. What I did to own that fear, that anxiety in myself, is I went and I read every book that I could. I went on YouTube and I watched medical university lectures about childbirth. I listened to every podcast that I could find about what pregnancy is like and what childbirth, what, what childbirth will be like. I knew every single medical term that I heard my doctor using every time my wife had an ache or pain. I knew what might possibly be behind it. I owned that situation so that I could take responsibility for my wife and my child being okay. As if I could do anything. As if they were mine to save. I took the responsibility on myself that God himself has claimed. My friends, that's what anxiety is. 
That's the long and short of it. Anxiety is when we take responsibility, all responsibility for our lives being okay, and we put it on ourselves. We take the responsibility that God says is His and His alone, and we take it on ourselves. We become our own Savior. And y'all, we don't do this because we're atheists. We don't do this because we don't believe that there is a God. We do this, and, and we do this really subliminally. I don't think many of us have said this out loud. I don't think many of us have even thought these things. But deep down, we have this worry that God doesn't care about us. And deep down, we have these doubts about whether or not God truly is powerful enough to make a difference. And maybe that's difficult to hear. It might sound like I'm getting really simplistic with this here, but when it boils down to it, this, this is all it can be. Because, right, if, if we truly believe that God is good and He is so good that He cares about what happens in our lives, if we believe that, and if we believe that God is also so powerful that He can make a difference, if we believe those two things, then what right do any of us have to be anxious about anything in our lives? But we still are. And it's because we're believing that God either isn't in control or that he doesn't care enough to do anything about it. Peter understood those subliminal doubts and worries. Oh man, he must have understood anxiety. We get so many personal stories about Peter and what he was like. Early on when he was called to be a disciple, we see Peter standing at the, at the bedside of his mother-in-law. She's dying. He doesn't know what's going to happen. Right as Peter is called, we see him on the Sea of Galilee. He has stayed out all night fishing and not catching a thing. You can imagine the anxiety that he's feeling going back, empty nets, not knowing how he's going to feed his family. You remember that Peter was on a boat in the Sea of Galilee not once but twice when he feared that it was going to go down. He didn't know what was going to happen with his life. You, can, you remember Peter, he was sitting in the courtyard while Jesus was on trial and he was so anxious about what would happen for himself that he denied Jesus three times. Peter understood anxiety and he understood what to do with it. He teaches us what we should do with it. He shows us an example. He uses scripture to fight his anxiety. Because that's what we must do. God's word, God's promises are what God has gifted us with to fight our nerves, our anxieties, our worries about what's going to happen for ourselves. God has given us those promises for a reason so that we can believe them. So that we can have them and hold them deep down in our hearts. You know, he didn't give us his promises so that we could have them on Sunday mornings. To take them out under lock and key and handle them with 
with gloves. He gave us His promises so that we could carry them with us. So that we could take them out of our, our pockets so much more often than we take our iPhones out. So that we could plant them on our tongues and in our hearts in life's worst, messiest, muckiest moments. That's what Peter did. He planted it deep in his heart and he put it on the tip of his pen and he wrote to the people that he loved and he quoted Psalm 55, verse 23, which says, Cast your anxiety on the Lord and he will sustain you. But what Peter does with this verse is he adds a little bit of understanding to it. He adds a tiny little word that adds everything. He adds the word all. Cast all your anxiety on him. Can you see how big this promise is that we're meant to hang on to? You know, in fact, Peter emphasized it so much that he rearranged the sentence in the Greek language to put the word all first. He said, all your anxiety, cast it. There are a couple things you can learn from that. First, you can learn that God doesn't just want the big stuff. He wants all your anxiety. He doesn't want just the things that are keeping you up at night. He wants your nitpicky things too. You can also learn that God does not want you to carry your anxiety. He wants to carry all of it for you. That's why he said all. You can also notice here that dealing with your anxiety is an active thing. It will not happen passively. It doesn't happen to you. Peter says cast. Cast your anxiety on God. And if you think about that, <laughs> it's so Peter. It's so Peter. Peter, the fisherman, standing on his boat in the Sea of Galilee. You put yourself in his sandals for a moment. You're standing there in the boat. You're holding up these heavy nets with your arms. You can't hold them up by yourself. And so what you do is you bunch up all your muscles and you throw those nets out into the sea. And you watch as they splash and sink away into the depths. It's so beautiful. Such a beautiful image of getting rid of your anxiety. It's so beautiful and it's so Peter cast and leave it to God. That's what I thought I would find when I went to go study this word and what it really means. I, that's what I thought I'd find. But what I found is better. Peter asks us to cast our anxiety and that is a powerful action verb. But that word means more. That word is not as much about the action of casting as it is about where you cast it to. 
It's all about who you're giving the cast to. What this word carries with it is it carries the connotation of you assigning something to someone else. When you cast your anxiety, you are transferring the responsibility of your life over to the one that you cast it to. Do you see the significance of this? Casting your anxiety means casting, transferring, assigning the responsibility for your well-being, your life on earth, your life in heaven, over to God. And that takes faith. But I tell you, along with Peter, Cast your anxiety. Cast it. Let go and let God say it however you want to say it. Cast all of your anxieties on God. And here's why. Remember the verse? How does it go? Cast all your anxiety on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. I think that's beautiful too. I think that's really, really just beautiful. Peter doesn't give a doctrinal dissertation here about all of anxiety and what it is and what God's word says about it. He doesn't give a theological presentation of all of its effects and, and, and the way that God's peace can transcend all the effects of anxiety. He could have done that, but he didn't. He said, cast your anxiety because he cares for you. I think that's beautiful. Because when the wave of anxiety is crashing over you and it's threatening to keep you underwater, what you need sometimes is a simple truth. God cares about you. And he does. I'm speaking to myself just as much as I'm speaking to anyone here. When... Sometimes what you need is God's voice telling you, hey you, your anxiety is trying to tell you that I don't care. It's wrong. I care. And people of hope, when God says he cares, he's not just being sentimental. He's not. He's not just offering you a kind pat on the head that says, hey, I care about you, so don't worry. <laughs> when we are told that God cares about us, what we are being told is about a historical fact. The truth that God cares for you is a fact that has historical guts. Jesus cares about you. And he doesn't just say that. He isn't sitting up in heaven saying, I do care about you and someday I'm going to make this make sense for you. He, he did come down to earth. That's true. He did live perfectly. He did die on the cross. He did rise on the third day. He did give you the assurance of an eternal life, a perfect life. He did that for you. That is historical fact. And he didn't stop there. Did you realize this about God? 
that He has worked in your life to this moment so that you would be here today. So that you would be sitting in the chair that you're sitting in with the exact thoughts, with the exact circumstances that are in your life today. So that you could hear someone stand up in front of you and say, God cares about you. He rescued you. He died for you. Life is yours in Christ. There's nothing just sentimental about this. God cares about you. And he's got the resume to prove it. And he's got the power to follow through on it. And he's got the love to do it even though he didn't have to. So cast your anxiety on him. He cares about you. Cast it overhand, cast it underhand, cast it sidearm, throw it, chuck it, hurl it. I don't care the term that you use, just don't carry it by yourself. Transfer the responsibility of your life over to the one person who is able to handle that. To the one person who wants you to be free of your anxiety so badly that he died for it. Live your life that way. I beg you, live your life that way. Live your life in the truth that God cares for you. Live your life in the promise that eternal life is yours. Live your life that way because you know that anxiety will continue to come for you. It'll come for some of you so much more often than others. And every time that it does, cast it. Sit in that emergency room, waiting room, and cast your anxiety. Take that exam for school and cast your anxiety. Go to that job interview and cast your anxiety. Sit in front of the screen that shows you how empty your checking account is and cast your anxiety. Think about your children and their future and cast your anxiety. Sit in your everyday life and cast your anxiety. Transfer all ultimate responsibility for your life to Him. Because He cares for you.